What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyard. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about the NFL and fantasy football at large for SportingNews.com. So come over to the site, check out what we have. We're in full off-season mode. Still busy looking at the last-minute moves and breakdown of every team here that, that has had significant changes this off-season. And we've uh, gone a little bit with my series when looking at the 49ers and Eagles changes. Those are a couple articles I wrote. But Sporting News has got a strong NFL team, and Tad Hazelup, he wrote the story on the Buffalo Bills breaking them down. And we thought we'd uh, take a few minutes on this podcast to look at the Bills and see what their fantasy football prospects are for 2017. And you got to start at quarterback. And you look at uh, Tyrod Taylor. He's a returning guy here. So it's a guy that fits well in Rick Dennison's offense they have some history together from their days in Baltimore as uh, Taylor was Joe Flacco's backup as he kind of built his resume. Rex Ryan was kind of a, attracted to him at that point, and then you saw Taylor take off. So you look at Taylor, this is a good situation. They had to bring him back desperately because you look at uh, Greg Roman and Anthony Lynn, Tyra Taylor had some pretty good success there. Borderline QB1, more QB2 type in that 11-12 range with Tyrod and his value but he throws the ball downfield and he runs well and those are two things that uh, you look in for the big play opportunities so uh, he has trouble sometimes with those little games dink and dunk is really not his game he's more of a guy that likes to buy time if it's not there uh, just take off and run and if not uh, push the ball downfield so that's what you've seen with Tyrod Taylor and that's what you're looking at with him in fantasy is that extra value you get and the good thing about Taylor has been pretty durable here for two years. He's had few nicks that he's worked through, but he's only 27-year-old guy, and that's the upside that is there. And that's why they had to keep him. There's really no better option. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. The Bills haven't had one of those in a long time. Go back to the Jim Kelly and then Drew Bledsoe days to even think about a quarterback with that kind of stability. You've had a big mess there where it's been the – J.P. Lozman or E.J. Manuel, just a big, big mess of quarterbacks that haven't been able to do anything. Taylor is a perfect scheme, good rushing offense where he can play off of that with his legs. Produce. So I think he's in the borderline again in the conversation. He's one of those guys that you get in a platoon or streaming situation later in the draft that uh, it's matchup-based and tends to have some good games against the worst teams, and that's why he's not a bad guy, high upside streamer to look at your team. Now you have, uh, C- you have Cardell Jones, and E.J. Manuel's gone. So you have Cardell Jones and Nathan Peterman, the rookie, 
and TJ Yates. So not much behind Taylor. So Taylor has the job, no competition here. They're not looking yet for 2018. They're happy about him for 2017. So he's the guy here. So running back is a kind of interesting. There's no more Mike Gillisley. He was signed by the Patriots there. The Bills did not choose to match. So LaShawn McCoy is clearly the feature back here. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Gillisley did pilfer nine touchdowns. was very effective, led the league yards per carry among qualified leaders. And we mentioned how that gives him upside in New England. But McCoy is definitely a heavy number one here. Makes him a high-end RB1 again. He's there's always a chance he can slow down here at some point. We thought we've seen it again, but he's handled a high volume better than we expected. Not necessarily like the speed back we think he is, but a power back that's held up. They'll relieve him a little bit in different ways this year. they got a couple fullbacks here that are versatile. Patrick DeMarco, Mike Tolbert. DeMarco's caught passes in the red zone in the past for the Falcons. Tolbert has been used in the red zone, so he'll be the guy that... Uh, Kind of uh, pilfers what touchdowns that Gilsley had last year. Tolbert will have some of those. DeMarco will be the preferred receiver near the goal line. So those guys are going to spell McCoy in a preferred way in fantasy where he's not going to be there too far. They do really like Jonathan Williams. They're the second-year man. They once liked Carlos Williams in the same way until he had all the off-field trouble. But Jonathan Williams is a guy that... Uh, Really is going to be the pure number two here, the handcuff. Joe Benyard is the guy behind him, uh, according to Tad's article. So we look at Jonathan Williams, pretty strong handcuff. McCoy, pretty clear cut there as a number one running back. And he's going to be drafted pretty high in fantasy. Definitely a top 12 pick in 12-team league, so first rounder for sure. Now we look at the receiving situation. It's Sammy Watkins. Do we really trust him as a wide receiver three? It's very hard to do so with uh, injuries. The foot has always been an issue. He's a big play guy, kind of boomer bust, all or nothing type speed receiver there for Taylor when he's in the lineup. So very frustrating as a wide receiver three for sure. And now you have to figure out the next part of this and maybe zay jones the rookie from east carolina can step in and be more like the number one he looks the part he's a big guy can catch balls in the red zone i think right now he's looked at the number two just because of watkins being experienced and being that field stretcher but i think jones could really thrive here i think he's a fantasy sleeper he's almost more attractive as a wide receiver three it's not a very high volume passing offense so he's more attractive to me than Watkins as a wide receiver three even though he's a rookie because Watkins been robust there's the durability issues Jones is coming in with fresh legs highly productive receiver there for the East Carolina team better I think than than uh, Justin Hardy I was going to say Greg but we know it's Justin the guy in Atlanta has not really done much there in that Falcons receiving core behind some other guys but Jones steps in number two there's no more Robert Woods he moved on to Los Angeles Rams he's going to be maybe the number one there for Jared Goff so Jones that role is going to be pretty key here for uh, Dennison so I just like the ability there in the red zone to score. I think they can use him elsewhere. I think he's underrated as a field stretcher. Very good hands for Jones. So they can't count on Watkins. It's really hard for anyone, reality or fantasy, to do so with all his injuries. And just hasn't been lived lived up to all that they traded up to get him in the draft. So very excited about Jones. Again, low volume. You're not looking for too much explosion out of the Bills passing offense at all. So... You have to temper your expectations. More wide receiver three with 
upside, more like a wide receiver four or five borderline there when you look at this receiving question. Otherwise, you don't look at too much here. Andre Holmes, Philly Brown, Brandon Tate, Walter Powell, that's who Tad kind of broke down as the next group. That's just a bunch of guys, guys that had some looks in other places and uh, haven't really done too much. So it's really Zay Jones has a big opportunity here, especially if he can get his chemistry down with Tyrod Taylor and have some fantasy upside. We looked at with tight end, and tight end is a mess. Charles Clay is a very good blocker. He's a pretty decent receiver, but he's kind of hit or miss. Charles Clay always seems to pop up in the injury report, but not as effective as we think as a receiver. So Clay is just a disappointing all-around fantasy. He, he's been, whether it's his time in Miami or Buffalo, he's popped up at the back end of TE1 production. But I don't really love this situation. And you look at uh, Nick O'Leary. He's a big-time uh, producer from Florida State. We know he's Jack Nicholas's relative and all that. Uh, he's been above par. Sorry to use that, but above par is a number two. So I, he, he did at one point be a touchdown maker for the Seminoles. So O'Leary's in the mix as well as Logan Thomas. He's a very intriguing guy. I think he might be one of those buzzy, fancy guys if Thomas can kind of work up the depth chart. We know that Thomas – and Tyrod Taylor go back to Virginia Tech. So that's an interesting note there. But as far as Buffalo tight end, you're just going to just wait and see approach here. I don't think you're going to go in all clay, especially with the O'Leary and Thomas behind him. I think you can find better production at tight end elsewhere. And, and that, again, is a reason why you like Jones because he can kind of fill that possession role as well and not too many uh, tight end options there to take away targets from those outside receivers in Watkins. And Jones, especially when you have Patrick DeMarco and Tolbert, two other guys, kind of that fullback swing mode that can catch passes for this team. So nothing much to see at tight end. And so far, Taylor is the guy you like after McCoy. And uh, you look at uh, Jones being the sleeper on this team. What are we going to get from the Bills defense? That's the last thing we'll look at here in fantasy. They do have some uh, guys that can rush the passer. We know Lorenzo Alexander had a very good year, a late bloomer there. You know that Shaq Lawson is going to try to be healthy here. Jerry Hughes is there. We know the history of uh, Sean McDermott in Carolina. He's got a lot of production from his defensive line. That bodes well for Lawson and Hughes. Marcel Darius inside as well. We've seen uh, Star Lutili and Kawan Short be very effective pass rushers and produce. So overall... When you look at the, the chances here with the McDermott, it's the best situation here since Jim Schwartz was in Buffalo with that uh, front four guruosity that he had there. So when you look at the McDermott, there's a definitely high sack upside. I think they, as a team, the Bills were disappointing in the rushing of the passer. So rushing the passer, that's where it all starts in fantasy and the production. you got to get the sacks first and the pressure to set up chances to make big plays in the back seven. So... If you're looking at uh, IDP sleepers, speaking of the back seven, I would keep an eye on Reggie Ragland. He's going to get every chance to be that middle linebacker. We know what Luke Keekley has done, racking up uh, tackles and big plays as an IDP stud there for McDermott. So Ragland from Alabama kind of had a lost rookie year. He's definitely a guy you want to watch here in the individual defensive play. I think the one guy you can also look at in the secondary is Ronald Darby. No more stuff on Gilmore, so Darby's clearly the number one corner. We know he's made a lot of plays. Behind him, a lot of question marks. The rookie, Tredavis White, Micah Hyde, and Jordan Poyer listed early on the depth chart at safety. So 
you're looking at Darby. Darby has a nose for the ball, so he has some upside there. He's going to be the guy that you're going to hope comes through if you're looking at the Bills as a streaming defense where Darby can make some big plays in the back end as well as uh, Ragland in the middle taking advantage of what you get up front in those sack guys. I would think Lorenzo Alexander is still a guy that you're looking at up there in Buffalo. So there you have it. That's the look at the Buffalo Bills kind of early offseason breakdown of their depth chart and see what they can do in fantasy football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Please make sure you're checking out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Network, NBA Full Swing with the draft previews and uh, playoffs almost coming to a close, and the NFL offseason. We're always there for you, every team. So for now, this has been Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll see you next time. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.